Welcome back to our summary series on internal family systems therapy, second edition, where we do our take to and roll through the chapter, looking at themes that stand out that have to do with understanding and conceptualizing IFS-informed work from a Catholic anthropology. So we are now focusing on chapter eight, insight and direct access, and we're looking at what kinds of considerations should be in our minds as Catholic clinicians. What really stands out to me, especially as we discuss the decision about whether we're working in insight or whether we're working in direct access, is how recollected is the person? In other words, you know, there is an analogy here to how well can the person govern govern their passions. There's a rough analogy, I think, between parts and passions, if you want to understand this from a Thomistic point of view. So how much does the intellect and the will govern the passions? And again, this transition that Schwartz and Sweezy, that Dick and Martha are always talking about, about shifting from the therapist self being the primary internal attachment figure to the client's self being the primary internal attachment object, when, we, when we we're fostering that shift, that's really, really important. It makes sense in a Catholic perspective as well. Obviously, there's a lot in here about respecting the client's parts. There's a lot in here about understanding the client's part. I know, I know, I know that that theme of understanding, and I, I may harp on this too much. You can let me know if I do. The theme of understanding is just so important. Sometimes, as therapists, we get too caught up in trying to resolve, trying to fix, trying to move quickly, and and we really need to understand. That's one of those things that so many parts of so many clients have been missing. When the client is able to become their own therapist in insight, their freedom is increased. And, you know, when they first take that over, there are likely to be all kinds of mistakes that happen, periods where, it's, you know, client systems become destabilized, and they're going to make mistakes, kind of like an infant learning to walk, right, becoming a toddler. We don't expect toddlers to walk perfectly, nor are we critical of them for their missteps and their falls. We just take that in stride, if you will, and we say, yeah, and we're supportive of them and their efforts. It's similar when clients' selves are starting to take over their their systems, right, and govern their systems. Sometimes we might have parts of us as clinicians that believe that we can do a better job regulating the client's system than their self can. Maybe that's true, but here's the huge disadvantage, right, is that the client needs to learn to be able to do that in order to be responsible in more and more ways for their lives. I just love how our clients that challenge us are most, the clients who have had the most trauma, who have had the most, who have the most protectiveness in their systems, they're able to be a mirror to us in which we can see where our shortcomings are, where our failings are, that can point out where we need to do more work on our own systems. That's really, really important. Now, I may have brought this up before, but most of the time when clients come to see me and I'm known as a Catholic therapist, they're brought in 
by an uber-Catholic self-like manager part who wants to enlist me in their agenda, who wants me to align with their agenda of suppressing other parts. So most of the time, I'm working in direct access with a fervent, intense, self-like manager part, uber-Catholic, and has good intentions, you know, has a lot of fear about the acting out, whether it's the masturbation or the porn use or the drinking or whatever the firefighter behavior really is or the exile behavior, right? These managers often have the fantasy that if only they could increase their control, if only they can consolidate their power over the whole system, that things would be better. If they could only get bigger, if they could only get stronger, if they could only be more knowledgeable, right? These self-like manager parts are reaching for omniscience. They're reaching for omnipotence. They are not interested in being small. They're not interested in being dependent. They're not interested in being childlike. They're not interested in trusting in God, usually because that hasn't seemed to work for them in the past. And so one of the things that is really important is to be able to recognize what their concerns are. If you don't recognize what their concerns are, you're not going to make much headway with them. And they're going to be looking specifically for if you are acting in accordance with how they understand Christianity to be. And sometimes That's not what Christianity actually is. And so there can be really an importance in working with them about what their concerns are about the therapist in really frank and open ways. And this is where if you've had a background in interpersonal therapy or if you've done any sort of process work, worked in interpersonal process groups or done sort of like Lorna Benjamin's interpersonal therapy, you have a huge advantage because that relational connection is going to be so important between you as the therapist and the uber-Catholic self-like manager parts. Oftentimes, those uber-Catholic self-like manager parts are also wanting to idealize the therapist, wanting the therapist to be much larger than life, somebody that's so good, that's so knowledgeable, that's so reliable, that's so dependable that they can be trusted implicitly. And so we've got to be careful that our own parts don't take that in and operate as though that idealization were real. One of the tricky things early in therapy is navigating the whole idea that all parts are good, that all parts are precious, that all parts are made in the image and likeness of God as being part of us, and that the part is not its burden, right? The part is not the burden that it carries. Because that is an important transition to work with these self-like manager parts and see where they have trouble with that. The other thing to really be in, be thoughtful about is that sometimes when we begin to work with other parts in the client systems, the parts that act out in various ways, act in ways that are objectively morally disordered that we really take an understanding approach, that we have a curiosity about that. Because oftentimes shame is just so prominent, right? Because those parts are actively being shamed oftentimes by protectors, by managers and by firefighters. And so it's very important that we don't join in with that shaming. 
Oftentimes, and I've seen it over and over again with Catholic therapists, Catholic therapists who have parts that believe that unless they voice disapproval of a certain behavior, that somehow they're not acting in integrity, that somehow there's a part of them that really needs to let the client know that such and so action is against the teachings of the Catholic Church. I'm going to recommend greatly against that because it doesn't facilitate the relationship with the, the parts that are, that are acting out. It can be very alienating. And once that happens, it can take a lot of time for that to be healed. So to really maintain that non-judgmental position, we're looking to understand. We're not looking to weigh the client in a moral balance. And that understanding is going to help so much more towards the resolution of the problematic behaviors than the labeling of those problematic behaviors as sinful. Now, that may bring up some things within the Catholic therapist that may need to be worked through. And, you know, those, and especially in more impaired clients, they're going to know where those conflicts are within you as the therapist, within you as the Catholic therapist. Is there going to be some kind of catch or some kind of hook, some kind of way that that part can hook you and subtly move you towards their agenda? The more that you know your own system, the more readily you're going to be able to identify when something like that's going on. The more that your parts are going to be able to let you know, the more familiar you're going to be with different dynamics because you will see them again. And this is something that also has helped just by practicing, practicing in an IFS mode for, for months and years. Also, good consultation is really helpful in order to be able to work through these kinds of things within the therapist because they're inevitable. We're going to have them. So, well, that's it for the Catholic Take on Chapter 8. Look forward to seeing you next time when we get into chapter nine.